Welcome to Ottawa Valley Community Church, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. So I, uh, Aaron sent me a message yesterday morning. He said, I got a bit of a temperature and not feeling very good. So have you got a sermon on the back burner? And I said, well, you know, I will come up with something. He said, be ready just in case. And in the afternoon, of course, he gave me the news. He had taken the test, and uh, I'm not going to be able to be in church tomorrow. And so you're on. So now I had to come up with something. And uh, I'm not totally in line with uh, uh, the Advent season. But in another way, it's, it, it is because, uh, you see, to the world, I'm going to talk about wisdom this morning. To the world, we are foolish. Amen? And to the world, God is foolish. But you and I know that the message of the cross is not foolishness when we have experienced the wisdom of God. So uh, I was looking back at my uh, sermons, and I, uh, the first one I came across, I opened my file, and they're all there, you know, like a file down through. And the very first one I touched was this one. And I looked at it and said, you know, yeah, that's good, uh, but it's not quite on. I'm not really sure, because I have to feel it in my spirit. I really do. When I feel it in my spirit, I could preach it better. I feel better about it. And so I, this is the one I'm preaching. The first one I saw, but then I saw more that attracted me more than what this one did. And, you know, and you're, you're kind of struggling with this. And then in the afternoon, uh, being a senior, it was a nap time. So I went in for a nap. And while I was lying down there contemplating all of this, and I kept coming back to wisdom, kept coming back to this one. And I said, Lord, I know, I get it. Okay, I will preach this one. Now, it's a different title than I preached it. And I preached this back in 2009. I haven't touched it since. And it was a different title from a different context, even though it led into wisdom. So I eliminated about 40% of my sermon. And everybody said, I, I was waiting for that. And everybody said, Amen. And I added back 10%. That's not bad, right? I took out 40. I only put back 10. And I changed the focus of the sermon. And thinking about wisdom, I was going to use a newfie phrase. And that was, you're, you're, you're some foolish boy. Some foolish boy? That means you're crazy, right? Some foolish boy? Talking about, you know, the world's wisdom. God said it was foolishness. All right? Uh, but... The actual focus of this is what I took, the uh, kind of a little different focus, and I entitled it, If I Could Ask God for One Thing, I Would Ask For, now, what would it be? If I could ask God for one thing, 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 5, Solomon has just become king. And it says here, the night the Lord, uh, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you ask, and I will give it to you. Now, it's an open door here, folks. Ask, and I will give it to you. My second scripture that I want to use is Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end. When many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. 
employ as knowledge ever increase. Um, I spoke to you, uh, I think I mentioned it last week in my sermon, if I'm remembering, uh, uh, you know, about the intelligence and the AIs, there are all kinds of AIs, artificial intelligent bots that are out there that can do absolutely almost anything. As a matter of fact, it, you know, until uh, Google got smart and they come up with something to check to see if this is, you know, written by the person or not, uh, that could actually uh, say, okay, I have to do an essay on and put the title in and sit back and watch it do their essay for them. And it would actually search books throughout the world and context online throughout the world and bring it all together and put it, and in like about a minute, it spits it out in front of you. But then Google came up with an app that they could check to see if this was done by an AI. So now teachers can use that app to look at your work. The computer wrote it for you. We didn't have that option when we were young. We had to look at somebody else, right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. As a, as a matter of fact, it's been tested. And where someone had written something and it test, it's been tested and came back, for example, 98% was done by a computer. Whoa, that is pretty amazing. And now, of course, teachers, if they're really intelligent, <laughs> they can actually read an assignment that said, this wasn't written by that guy. They could tell. Very smart. Artificial intelligence. As a matter of fact, we have to be careful in the age that we live in because it became, can become very dangerous. Uh, Elon Musk, I heard him the other day saying, there was a time when nukes was our biggest fear, but I want to tell you, he said, right now, nukes, uh, dukes, uh, sorry, nukes, nukes are not our biggest fear anymore. It's AI bots. It's amazing. Actually, I tried this. I, I went into a site that would let me do it free because I wasn't going to buy into it. And so I went in, and I, you can actually... Take 20 seconds and speak anything you want, and it analyzes your voice, all the different tones, all the different feelings, and everything, and then it can imitate your voice. Then you can take it and you can apply it to somebody else speaking, and they will speak with your voice. The dangerous part of that is, Remember, you know, we thought it was bad enough when grandparents got calls supposed to be from their children or grandchildren and saying, Nan, the police have arrested me and I'm in jail and I got to pay a thousand bucks or, you know, whatever. And then the poor, you know, those grandparents, you know, when, uh, when something happens to a kid, lots of times it's not so serious and parents would go, don't give any heed to that. Grandparents, oh, come here, my baby. Come up with Papa. Papa will take care of you and hug them and whatever. So, you know, they get emotionally involved and they transfer money to a bank account and all kinds of things. Well, now they will be able to call you and it will be your grandson's voice if they have a voice online that they can take and intimidate. So it's very dangerous what's coming down the track. Then there's lots of useless information. You probably have encountered some. I'm going to give you some examples this morning. Useless but true information. 
They say that rubber bands last longer when they are refrigerated. I know now you're so, wow, I learned something in church this morning. Very important to me. I'm putting all my rubber bands in the refrigerator. Peanuts are one of the ingredients in dynamite. Yeah, I didn't know that before. Peanuts is one of the ingredients. Did you know that there are 293 ways to make change for $1? 293 ways using different, you know, lots of coins. You can do 293 ways. So you go to the store and you say, uh, could you give me change for a dollar? And they would say, which of the 293 ways do you want me to do it? <laughs> wow. The average person's lift and does 50% of the typing. That's why this one is a little more sore than that one. Stewardess, stewardesses. Stewardesses is the longest word that is typed only with the left hand. Now, I know you're going to try that when you go home. You'll like this one. I was never into eating insects. My son-in-law is from Uganda, and he's eaten insects. He's eaten ants. He said, we used to take your know, grasshoppers, and we put them along our clothes and clip them in so that we can have a snack. His son, Wes, is not too, much, too keen about that. Neither am I. But anyway, I didn't know this. Maybe I, maybe I might be game to try it. Beetles taste like apples. Yeah. Okay, think about that. Wasp tastes like pine nuts. And worms taste like fried bacon. Who likes bacon? You can eat some worms. Do you know that your stomach produces a new layer of mucus every two weeks? If not, it would digest itself. Wow. You ladies, most lipstick contains fish scales. <laughs> I saw some looks out there. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, Charlie Chapman once won third prize in a Charlie Chapman lookalike contest. I guess they didn't have any AI bots to do the judging, right? Wow. A jiffy. Have you ever done anything in a jiffy? A jiffy is one hundred of a second. All right. Uh, the average adult has between 40 and 50 billion fat cells. Whoa. And the last one, there are 110 calories per hour consumed during an hour of typing. And it takes 30 minutes of gardening to burn the same amount. So that's why I don't have to do gardening, because I do a lot of typing. Wow. Knowledge. Knowledge versus wisdom. I looked up the word wisdom online. There is a site sometimes when, you, when you're looking for something and, you, and it, 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 you know, you're something from the Bible and it will come up with a site that says God Answers. That's the name of the site, .com or whatever, right? And it will give you an answer to the question that you're asking. So I put in the word wisdom and it, I did a search online and one of them came up in God Answers. The dictionary, it said, in, in this article written by a, the person, I guess, who runs God Answers, and the dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right or lasting. 
Knowledge on the other end is just information. Wisdom, knowledge. Webster's, uh, sorry, another website is dictionary.com. This is a secular site. All right, this is not, not, the first one was put together by someone who was a Christian. This is a secular site on the word wisdom. The, uh, the word acknowledge is defined first as the acquaintance with facts, truth, or principles, as from study or investigation. Wisdom is, which means having the power of discernment and judging properly as to what is true or right possessing discernment, judgment, and discretion. That's from a secular site. The primary difference between the two words it said is that wisdom involves a healthy dose of perspective and the ability to make sound judgments while knowledge is simply knowing. There's a difference in what you know and being wise about what you know. It further said that wisdom is also about knowing when and how to use your knowledge. And then it gave an example. Knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing when to say it. Or I added to that, uh, uh, knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing if you should say it or not. Right? If your wife says, do I look fat in this? Now, we have some younger married couples here, and they haven't learned yet, that, you know, the, the aspect of a, a good husband over a period of time is like the person who was married for 75 years, and someone asked him, you know, uh, what really is the b- biggest quality, uh, you know, that, that you can contribute to your marriage that would make it last for 75 years? And the old gentleman spoke up, and he said, just two words. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Godly wisdom versus human wisdom. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. I'm quoting the Passion Translation. For what the world says is wisdom is actually foolishness in God's eyes. As it is written, the cleverness of the know-it-alls become the trap that ensnares them. Two women were talking once, uh, and one said, I need God to go to heaven. And the other one, in wisdom, looked at her and said, I need God to go to Walmart. Amen? That's wisdom. It's not just about going to heaven. I, how many of you, I need God every day? I really do. That is wisdom. I could have the knowledge of the fact that, yes, I have Christ in my heart, so I'm going to heaven, and that's it. But then when you could say that, uh, I, actually, I need God every single day. So there are three things are, uh, that I'm going to look at this morning. And that is, first of all, knowledge, the multiplication factor. I remember, remember we said that knowledge will increase. As we read a few moments ago, Daniel 12 and 4. Daniel, but you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the day, the time of the end. And when many will rush here and there, and we are in the age of rushing here and there. Am I not true? 
Amen? We are in the age of rushing air and there. We have all the modern conveniences that we could ever have, not the things that our parents had. I remember when my mother would get up in the morning with 11 children, and most of us, at least half of us at that time, well, actually, I was out of that stage. I think I was the first one to break it, but a lot of us were with the bedders. So therefore, every single day, she would have to take out the ringer washer and she would have to wash every quilt and every sheet and wash clothes in the middle of the winter and put it on the line. Then she would have to bring it in stiff as can be and put it around the house to dry modern conveniences. It's so simple. My wife, the reason she hasn't been here last Sunday and again today, she had surgery on her knee uh, 12 days, 13 days ago. And uh, so I've been doing a lot of things for her. And one of them is washing the clothes. It's a piece of cake, right? You separate the whites from the dark, or actually, I don't have to tell her, I could put it all in together, right? And uh, we separate them and we put it in the washer and, and I go about my business and I come back and then I take it out and I put it in the dryer and then I go about my business and I come back and then I bring it upstairs and I don't dare fold it because I wouldn't do it right. <laughs> she, I make sure litter are folded, okay? But modern conveniences. Oh, but we're, we don't have enough time for everything we want to do. And when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. It is a prophetic sign of the last days. And in the last year, knowledge has majorly increased. I want you to see this this morning. I'm quoting this, this part I'm using here. This was back in 2009 that, I, that, that this was entered. I did some little bit of alteration to it. Uh, a quote from Campus Life, February 1979 on knowledge. Knowledge is exploding at such a rate more than 2,000 pages a minute of knowledge increase. That even Einstein, the writer said, couldn't keep up. In fact, if you read 24 hours a day from age 21 to 70 and you retain all that you read, you would be one and a half million years behind when it comes to knowledge. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Quote from a committee from Emory University, Atlanta, Georgia, on teaching and learning in the digital age that we're in. This was written recently. It said, in the 19th century, it took about 50 years to double the world's knowledge. Today, the base of knowledge doubles in less than a year. As a matter of fact, that was referencing the year 2020, and it's much greater than that. It's actually, it probably could even be every week knowledge doubles. Wow. I remember hearing this stuff preached when I was a kid, and it was uh, you know, uncomprehendable that it could be like this. Professor Robert M. Brown from University of North Carolina said, by the year 2020, global knowledge is protected to double every 72 days. That was 2020. Mm. In his book, Critical Path, Buckminster Fuller, uh, from, uh, uh, an American architect, system theorist, author, designer, inventor and futurist created the knowledge doubling curve and, uh, and said by 2020, 
He said that knowledge would double every 12 hours. That is amazing. And then I thought about the words of Solomon when he wrote, and there is no new thing under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. The minute that you get it in your hands, it's old. If you bought a computer this week, I want to tell you you're behind now. You really are. There's no way to keep up with it all. Knowledge will increase. With this knowledge comes another factor, and it is this. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 and 5, But know this, this, that in the last days, men having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having men will have a form of godliness, but now we have become so intelligent that we can figure it all out ourselves. Who needs God? That's what they say. It's from the Greek morphosis, meaning appearance. They will appear as having a form of godliness, but they will deny its power. So that's the knowledge, the multiplication factor. I'm going to give you one more very quickly. Knowledge, the subtraction factor. God tells us what is missing in 2 Timothy 3 and 7, where he describes the last days our generation, that's us, at a time will be always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, wisdom, godly wisdom we're talking about. The words of Hosea to the children of Israel certainly are true of the generation that we live in today where God says he has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. If there ever was a day when it seems that society has totally lost touch with God and even that there is a God, it is the day that we are living living in. People are smarter than they ever were. They have more knowledge than they ever had, but they haven't got a clue. Am I not right? Common sense is lost. Common sense is lost. Wow. The Bible says that would happen in the last days. The Hebrew word for knowledge here means discernment, understanding, wisdom. Knowledge without wisdom is useless. Amen? And I mean godly wisdom. Knowledge without wisdom is useless. Jeremiah 4 and 22, My people are foolish and do not know me, says the Lord. They are clever enough at doing wrong, but they have no idea how to do right. And folks, I want to tell you in the last year that as if anything has multiplied, that certainly has. They have no idea of doing right. God declares in Hosea 4 and 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. He's not talking about earthly knowledge. But he's talking about that which comes from God. The word here for knowledge is the word das in the Hebrew, which means, again, wisdom. They have rejected Wisdom, godly 
wisdom. Know also that they rejected wisdom. Whose wisdom? It was that of God himself. Is that not true of today, both in the world and even in the church? There are many churches that will meet today. I don't understand this. I really find this hard to comprehend. Many will meet in a church where nobody believes there's a God. I really can't get that one. There's no moral principles. They do not believe in God, but yet they will come and they will worship. Thirdly, this morning, wisdom, the factor that counts. 1 Kings chapter 3, I'm going to go to it, and this is the gist of what I wanted to share with you this morning. What I felt in my heart was totally amazing. If there's any today, we need wisdom. Am I not right? You're with me, right? We need wisdom. We need common sense in the world today. Wisdom, the factor that counts. This is Solomon. Solomon has just become king. This is his first day on the job. Solomon is, uh, they say, between 20 and 25 years old. That's why you're going to see in the scripture, he calls himself a child. Because back in that day, you know, you were in your 30s before they considered you had any wisdom anyway. So here we have Solomon. And it says here, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, and I will give it to you. Can you imagine your parents coming to you and saying, what do you want? You ask for it and it's yours. Well, mine are both in heaven, so I won't get nothing there. But for you younger ones, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? And they had the ability to give you whatever you asked for. That's what God did to Solomon. God appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you want? My question this morning, and this was my sermon, uh, is what would we request? If God said that to you, I mean, it's an open door. When I was in my previous church in Nova Scotia, I really love Ummers, you know, when they first came out, right? Man, these Ummers were awesome, you know, but way out of my reach. And, uh, I, I, but I always talked about Hummers, and I had an old gentleman in the church. He was an American, and he was married to a local lady. And uh, he was into buying lottery tickets. And he told me one day, throughout his life, he had spent, at that point, up to $300,000 on lottery tickets and never, ever won. Now, he made a promise to me, but because he said that, it didn't sound too obvious. And he used to say to me, Pastor Ivan, when I win the lottery, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to buy you your armor. He's dead now. <laughs> I'm going to buy you your armor. What would you ask for? What's your dream? We live in an age where more than ever before, everybody wants to be rich. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with riches. Don't get me wrong this morning. There was a time when I was young, people were aiming to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. But then there came a time a millionaire was not very much. 
So they wanted to be a billionaire. And we got numerous billionaires throughout the world. So you know what now? We're getting close to it. People, now the aim is not to be a millionaire. Now they want to be a trillionaire. For whatever reason. Well, I know the reason money buys power. Right? They want to be a trillionaire. What would you ask for? Listen to his reply. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am a little child who doesn't know his way around. He's in his 20s. I'm a little child who doesn't know his way around. And ere I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great, numerous, and numerous, they cannot be counted. What's he going to ask for? Are you ready? He could have asked for anything. Give me an understanding heart so that I can go govern your people will and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours. What did he mean when he said, give me an understanding heart? He was actually, and God brings it out here in the next verse, the Lord was pleased as Solomon had asked for of all that he could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. What's going to save your neck tomorrow? Wisdom. Money is not going to save your neck. Wisdom. Being wise. Imagine anything he could ask, and he asks for wisdom. See, Proverbs 4, 7 to 8 says, The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Skillfully, this is from the Amplified, skillfully and godly wisdom. And with all you have gotten, get understanding. It is preeminent. Get understanding. It comes from the Hebrew binaw, which is used twice as wisdom. So he said, God, I could ask you for anything, but what I want is wisdom. You know what we need today in this world? We need wisdom. You know what we need in the church today? We need wisdom that can discern what is right and what is wrong. We need godly wisdom. Verse 8 says, Prize wisdom highly and exalt her. And she will exalt and promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. Wow. Now, I got to take a little diversion there because this was so funny that I just got to, at least I need to warm you up a little bit because you look like you're going to sleep. All right. But I, I love this. A little diversion for a moment. Um, usually, any characteristic and whatever that's brought out in the scripture, it always talks about men. Use the word men. E. She. Not she. You notice for wisdom here, it uses the word her. Her. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it has the word preeminent there. I'm sorry, here's the word er. But back in the previous verse, it had preeminent. Are you ready for this one? Men, are you ready? Remember I talked about the whole gentleman and his wisdom? All right. Now this, I mean, this, we know this. We make jokes of this all the time. You listen to comedians and they're talking about marriage and they will, they will bring this out. 
Um, women have all kinds of questions for us. And men have very short answers. Right? Women talk a lot. But men, it's just short answers. Uh, so I looked up the words preeminent for a synonym. And, and not cinnamon, synonym. <laughs> and uh, it's the word dominant. <laughs> you know, people say, you know, you, you, you dominate too much. Maybe it's because you have, say it ladies, wisdom. Right? Um, I had one I was going to tell. I got it down here somewhere, I thought. Oh, yeah, this is it. I, I, I should have written it a little better. Now, I'm only having fun, folks, so don't get offended by me, all right? Okay? Now, I saw this one the other day, and it said this is the time of year, February month is the time of year that men get to celebrate uh, uh, their wisdom for three days. Celebration of how wise and how uh, smart men are. So, therefore, it's on February the 29th and 30th and 31st. <laughs> That's our time. But wisdom. And by the way, if your wife is wise, and they are, the next verse says, um, from the message that throw your arms around her, believe me, you won't regret it. All right? Wisdom. An example of divine wisdom. Uh, Solomon asked for what? Wisdom. And I want you to see what happens the next day. This is his second day on the job. Look at the wisdom of God and operating through King Solomon. Remember, he requested wisdom, not knowledge. And this was his first where he needed wisdom. What happened here in verse 23 following? Uh, two prostitutes came to the king Solomon to settle an argument. It's in verse 16 to 22 to settle an argument, and they both had, had a baby. But what had happened is one baby died, and so the mother of the dead baby, when the other one was sleeping, switched the babies. We've heard of that happening even in our society. Today, there are people that discover that they were switched in birth and didn't know it and were raised by the wrong parents. So now they're coming before Solomon. Then the king said, let's get this, the fact straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours and each says the dead child belongs to the other. Now, how am I, how, how I going to solve this? All right, he said, bring me a sword. So the sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. I thought you said that he asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. That don't sound very wise to me. Oh, but you're going to see it was awesome wisdom. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us and neither of us will have a baby. Woo! And then it says there, Then the king said, Do not 
kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. No DNA test, but wisdom. Isn't that amazing? He is her child, because the real mother certainly would not want to see the baby dead. And when all of Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. But this wisdom was certainly contrary to man's wisdom. Today, we would have a DNA test. We would have a trial. You had to go before a judge and, and find out who the child was. Solomon solved it in a moment of time. Divine wisdom. Knowledge comes from man, but wisdom comes from God. Proverbs 1 and 7, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning of the heirs. That word again, preeminent part of knowledge. It's, start, it's the starting point and its essence. But arrogant fools despise skillfully and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. Proverbs 1 and 7 from the message, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their nose at such wisdom and learning. Proverbs 2 and 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Ecclesiastes 2 and 26 says, To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom. God, give me wisdom today. If there ever was a time that we needed the wisdom of God, it's the age that we live in, folks. It really is. James 1 and 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. 1 Kings 3, 5 and 10. Let me read it to you again. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. The Lord, it says, verse 10, was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. God's wisdom. Foolishness when viewed through the lens of earthly knowledge. We've been called a bunch of crazies, right? You believe in God? You must be crazy. Wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13, this is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. Oh, if the world, if our governments, if our teachers in school, if our education system would seek the wisdom of God uh, and be able to say words taught by the Spirit, expressing truth in spiritual words, if we could have wisdom again, then the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that comes from the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness. To him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I got to bring this one to a conclusion. If I could ask for anything today, what would I ask for? Wisdom. 
Colossians 1 and 10, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. The Greek word here for knowledge is the word epignosis, epignosis, and that means real knowledge, precise, correct knowledge. Pray for wisdom. As our worship team comes back, John, James 3 and 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. You go back a couple of verses from that, or verse, yeah, and it says in verse 13, if you are wise and understand God's ways, Okay, maybe I don't have that one in there. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And then the last verse. Wisdom is the principal thing. Paul said wisdom, or I'm sorry, Solomon said Wisdom is the principal thing. If I could ask for anything this morning, the most important thing I could ever ask for from God is wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So I close with this this morning, and I do have a very quick 47-second video clip. So if you just pause after this, I want to close with that video clip. If I could ask God for anything, say it with me. I would ask for wisdom. Amen. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Community Church, visit ovchurch.ca.